Hello everyone. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Still Chill Podcast. Um, we've been gone, but we're back. We've been gone for too long. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so we're back and the last time we spoke, it was lockdown two and now it's lockdown three, three. in the UK. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot happening. So I'm curious to know, Raha, how have you found this lockdown? Oh, I found this one much harder than the first one. The first one was easy breezy, I think. Um, It was really hot weather. Yeah. Everyone's on TikTok. It was brand new for people. Bathing in the sun. In the sun. Oh, it was wonderful. And um, I was pretty much on the brink of a burnout at that point. So it just felt like I really needed that rest for the time being. And this time around, it just feels dragged out. Like, the weather is horrible. Um, We've been cooped up for a long time now. And I just... The other thing is, like, I just feel like there's the same level of uncertainty that we felt in the first lockdown that hasn't changed. Even though we've been at home for almost a year. I think things have changed in the sense that obviously like the vaccines have come out and people have opinions about that. Yeah. Um, the government is like introduced the tier system, mm-hmm. which again was different, but people were torn about that as well. And it's adding uncertainty on top of uncertainty. So now we have other things to be uncertain of yeah. on top of what's already happening or not happening for that matter. Yeah. How did you find it? How are you finding this one? Hard. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Definitely more difficult. Um, And for me, it's not that I'm like, uh, I think last lockdown, I I was having a hard time balancing my emotions. I felt very emotional. There was a lot of like emotional processing that was going on at the time. But this time around, I just feel such a lack of motivation. Mm. Um, I just want to be in bed all the time because the sky is grey. My environment isn't changing. Like, I'm just doing everything from this one room. I mean, January alone is difficult for people, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And also, do you think that emotion that you're talking about from the first lockdown has anything to do with all the stuff that was happening globally, like climate change and BLM and all of these? Because I feel like we... We experienced that and there was a lot of emotional turmoil and now... It's like people just have to sit with it. Heck yeah. I really felt that way in November. That's exactly what I thought. I thought, right, in the summer, I thought, revolution, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it's here. It's time. It will not be televised, babe. No. And I was so sure. And I thought, hey, sure, not everyone's on board, but there's a big group of people who are ready for this change and they're willing to make that change. Um, But of course, it never happened. So it was almost grieving that idea. Yeah. And then, yeah, processing all the emotions and everything. Um, And now I feel, like, frustrated. Yeah. That's Because I think everyone was at least hoping for some plan of action. Some some positive change. Or some idea of what the future was going to bring. Yeah. I feel like we are no closer to knowing what the next year is going to bring for us. And this is outside of COVID, right? Because... We were, like, the world was already struggling before COVID happened. So this is not just about COVID. Of course, COVID was going to be uncertain because we've not done this before. But it's everything else. Like, it's just not coming together in the way that I'd hoped or the way that we'd anticipated, maybe in the first lockdown. Um, 
and yeah just loads of like conflict Mm -hmm. and uh terrible world news terrible world news yeah which has been bogging us down hasn't it so raha and i haven't been on social media for about is it a month nearly a month yeah um not because we're like social media detoxers and we feel really obliged to tell you um it's clearly we do we do yeah (laughs) validate us no um it's more because we felt like we were well i'm going to talk about myself (laughs) i felt like i was more um like i was just like soaking up all this information and i had nowhere to channel it yeah so I was very upset. I was feeling a lot of empathy, um, almost like to the point of burnout. And then being like, I can't do anything about this feeling that I'm feeling or this energy that's building up within me. And I'm literally just sitting in it. But do you think that was like a change? Do you know what I mean? No, why, I think why it was, was on that top different? of everything else. Okay, right. Okay. I think on top of everything else, yeah. And um, so basically all of this rambling because uh, we decided that we were going to do a whole series of like four or five episodes on identity. Yeah. Which has been ruined. <laughs> it's been... We've had to scrap it all. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was very, very, very good. <laughs> and yeah, now we can't, well, we're going to release We just didn't want to send you all into an existential crisis when we are in the third lockdown yeah awful awful so idea. basically we just we wanted to address this uncertainty and this constant change yeah. and um what people are experiencing and the way in which we think things should be versus how they actually are and how that kind of causes us a lot of suffering yeah um and breaks down a lot of our relationships so whether it's how the government is dealing with COVID, whether you think it should be something different to mm-hmm. what it is, or whether it's um, neighbours looking out for who's following the restrictions oh, and who's course. not. Yeah. Like, and also just people, people's plans just generally getting completely Yeah, over. where you're like, okay, Christmas should look like this. Yeah. Or my summer should look like this. Um, working from home. Should, should look like yeah. this. I should be this productive. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of shoulds versus what is. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Why do you think that's so difficult to kind of overcome, Raha? Um, you mean the uncertainty behind it or... Yeah, and this, this constant, like, desire to control how our life should look or what other people should be doing yeah i definitely had slash have (laughs) an issue with (laughs) control (laughs) and i don't mean that in um like my personal relationships but just when it comes to like my work and academics i was always always a control freak Um, or how you should be perceived maybe or how i should be perceived Mm. yeah i yeah I, i feel like i tried to control almost every aspect of my life apart from other than trying to change other people if that makes or control other people um and all of that came from fear and still comes from fear um whether it be like financial stability or comfort you know social reasons it's always 
me fearing the consequence of something not going the way that I want it to go or according to my plan or the way that I've set it out in my mind. Yeah. That, yeah, it just means that I feel like I have to control so many things that are not even within my control. Yeah. And it causes a lot of internal conflict for me. And Um, what, what happens when things don't go your way? I, I, it's my fault. Right. Yeah. Mm. I didn't control this enough. <laughs> yeah. And so the responsibility relies, it, it lies on my shoulders and I'm like, where did I go wrong? You know? Right. Um, it's really hard to let go of that control, I 100%. think. And I know a lot of people that I know struggle with it too. Um, but it's just the most uncomfortable feeling, I think when you think you have hold of something that you don't actually have hold of. Um, and I think people are so used to controlling certain aspects of their lives, especially when it comes to their work. Yeah. And, like, their immediate family and all of that kind of stuff, that when something like this happens, like the pi- pandemic... The pandemic. The pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, babe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pie Corona. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I think, um, just to add to that, that it comes maybe from a sense of ha- seeing things in black and white, right and wrong. Oh, without a doubt. Because you know I'm the most indecisive person yeah. ever. And I always put place so much value on making the right decision. Yeah. And that just does not exist. Yeah. Like, I really had to learn that, that it doesn't exist. I can't possibly make... I'm going to regret whichever decision I make. <laughs> Period. But that's just how it is. And I, that sounds so cynical, but that's actually helped me so much when I'm trying to make a decision. Right. Like, you're going to regret whichever one you make. So just pick. That's a terrifying mindset. <laughs> no, it's not. It really helps. I'm telling you. Yeah, that might... Yeah. You do you. Because um, you're yeah, always going to wonder what if. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I For me, I think that's, that was drilled into me a lot. Growing up, um, you got to make the right choices. Yeah. And, again, I think coming from an immigrant background, that has a lot to do with it because um, it, there's a lot more, like, instinctual survival going yeah. on. Um, where if you do make the wrong choice, it could be a matter of, living on the streets or even death you know uh so i get it and i think it's hard for immigrants because it's like they're fed this narrative that uh, this can be in relation to anything let's say work they're like okay if you follow this path if you work really really hard you'll get to where you want to get to yeah you know and for a white person that might be true yeah but for somebody of color when things don't happen for them or they are denied of certain opportunities, then it's like, oh, wait, that's my fault? Yeah, you put the blame on yourself again, don't you? Um, And that's not to say you should blame others all the time and blame the system for everything that goes wrong in your life, obviously. Um, But that's an insane amount of pressure, I think, to put on yourself. Yeah, I would agree. So, would you think it's fair to say that since moving to England... You've heard the phrase, I don't like change, more than you ever have in your life. Oh my God. 
I've heard it so much. Yeah. Like, we know some traditional people, okay? And not just British people, like, from everywhere. Yeah. But I would say out of all the countries that I've been to, England really... The, British people like their tradition. Yeah. Like, and... They like their comforts, don't they? And and there, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I, I love that too. I like my home comforts and I like familiarity and there's just something really comfy about mm. it. But there's no room for growth there. And I, being a third culture kid, we've gone through so many changes that it's like, if I don't change stuff up in my life, I am stuck. And that's when I can go into a dark place very easily. Yeah, definitely. And although the change is incredibly uncomfortable, I still have to have that in order to feel like myself. Does that make sense? So do you think that people are scared of change or don't like change because um, it makes them feel uncomfortable? Without a doubt, yeah. Uncomfortable how? In every sense. (laughs) Because as soon as you start changing things internally and even because that translates into the things that you do and the way that you interact with people and change is terrifying Mm. like I think the discomfort I feel this discomfort physically where'd you feel it like I it in me brain (laughs) (laughs) yeah no but like in my chest um I get really really tense like tense shoulders like I clench my jaw a lot I'm just 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 a tense person yeah um and I have to practice relaxing yeah because but because I, I feel like I move towards discomfort, I have to practice relaxing that much more as well. I don't know if that makes sense. It does make sense. So you, so correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying that you are open to change and you seek change because of how you've been brought up and all the experiences yeah. that have led up to it until this point. But change comes with discomfort. Yes. And you've not learned how to relax in that discomfort. So you're someone who holds yourself quite tense because exactly. you like the change and you experience the discomfort, but you don't process Proce- the discomfort. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's very interesting. How, but, but like, what would you say is the best way to process that? Um, the, the game changer for me has been meditation, yeah. which sorry to sound like a broken record. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what it does is it, it unifies your mind, body, spirit. So it's not like it's a connection, like they, they're disconnected. It's, it's one thing. Yeah. Right. And, um, like I've mentioned before, for a long time, I couldn't feel the sensations and feelings in my body. So mm-hmm. when I was able to feel discomfort, I was like, this is horrid. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is why I avoid it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but just sitting with the feeling and being able to describe it. So not judging it in the sense of saying this is right or wrong, this is good or bad, like yeah. we were saying is not helpful. Um, but to really get curious about it, really be open with it. Yes, that that's the one thing that helps me is openness. Yeah, I would say, just like literally physically opening yeah. your posture up, allowing it in, pass like letting it pass through you. Definitely, and this is where the attitudes of mindfulness get really, really like come to the forefront. So you've got things like trust. So trusting that if if you open yourself up, nothing bad's gonna happen. Yeah, right. Trusting that you within you have this wisdom and this intuition that. Ha- 
and all the tools that you need yeah. to overcome this discomfort and to, to continue on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all trust. And then also acceptance. So acceptance is a really tough one because I think a lot of people see it as you should only accept things for what they are and then it is what it is and yeah. you leave it as it is, right? Which, of course, it is not it. But you have to accept the fact that you're feeling uncomfortable in order to be with it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're bypassing it. You're completely overriding it. Does that make sense? Yeah, but when you say overriding it, yeah, how do you think people tend to do that? They just don't acknowledge it. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. or they acknowledge, the f- they're like, oh, this doesn't feel nice, okay, on to the next one. Yes. Like, s- within seconds. Because I remember when I moved to the Netherlands, for example, it was like the first few nights that I was there, I was like, oh... I'm very uncomfortable. Mm. Like, I'm in a completely different country by myself. I don't know anyone. Um, And I literally was just like, just feel it. Like, just sit and feel it. Because my first response was to go and distract myself. Yeah. In any way possible. Like, I'll go and explore the new city you live in. Go and make the first friend that you can find. Like, spend time on social media. That's what you should be doing, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um... But then I was like, just be uncomfortable. That's fine. Yeah. You know? And I can't tell you how quickly that passed. Yes, exactly that. And that's really when I learned, okay, I need to just let this stuff come into my life. And this is where you hit the nail on the head, literally. It passes. Yeah. If you don't let it. Sure, it passes if you ignore it, but it actually passes (laughs) properly. Um, if you just sit with it. And what what could have happened is you could have moved to the Netherlands. You could have said, okay, I should be feeling like this. I should be really excited. And then get really annoyed with yourself that you don't feel like yeah. that. And that's where the self-criticism and the self-sabotaging comes in. And the in. control. The control. In. Because you're trying to control the situation. You're trying to control your response. Yeah. To your experience. And it's like, no, your body's responding in a way because it's intelligent and it knows. Yeah. Um, and you have to just honour that, you know? Yeah, it's honouring. It's yeah. honouring the way that you feel. It's yeah. honouring the vast variety of feelings and emotions that we are able to experience, but often shut ourselves out yeah. of, you know? Because mm-hmm. we only want to feel the good things and we only want to make the right decisions, right? Yeah. When actually... There is no right decision. No, sis. No. It, it just doesn't exist. Feel, you go, and you've got to feel the feelings of discomfort because they they tell you things yes. about yourself, about your environment. Yeah. They're messengers. And when, when I talk about acceptance, I kind of want to clarify this. Um, I talk about radical acceptance because it is radical. Sometimes you don't feel like accepting something, mm-hmm. but you have to, right? But when I'm talking about that, I'm not talking about uh, things like domestic violence situations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um that you should just accept it and let it carry on what i'm saying is you should accept it and be honest with yourself about what's going on and from there on out you can decide whether you want to continue to accept this or whether you want to do something about it and if you're not going to do something about it then you have to accept it as it is then that's it yeah (laughs) yeah because if you what you're saying is that you don't you have to accept things for the way they are in that present moment. In that moment. But they don't you don't have to accept them that it's gonna be like for that like always. always. Okay, yeah, yeah. So for example, if we go 
uh, if we go very specific with the UK and the school meals and Marcus Rashford and what's going on there, uh, you have to accept the fact that the government is not doing enough. Yeah. But you don't have to accept that that's That's how it should be. And that's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's then within your power. And again, that's the difference, like, that's the nuance between empathy and compassion because compassion is rooted in the action. That's what actually helps. Right. So empathy is your feeling for someone else. So, for example, uh, you could... So the reason... Okay, I'm trying to think of of an example. So with the school children, you could see that on the news, be like, there are so many school children going without food. Yeah. Um... And you feel for them. You feel terrible for them. You're sat. You're sat in that feeling, in that pain. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you were to come with a compassionate approach, you would, you would do something. You would sign a petition. You would donate. You yeah. would, I don't know. Reach out to Boris. Reach out to Marcus. I don't know. Whatever it is, um, that releases that emotional energy that mm-hmm. you've built up from the empathy. So Other- the intention of. Making that situation better or trying to resolve it. Yeah, okay. exactly. As opposed to just feeling it. Yeah. And understanding that. Yeah, because that's how... Because when I feel... Like, I'm very sensitive and empathetic. And I yeah. feel like... That then just sits with me. Yeah. You know? And it, that's why we had to take some time from social media. Because I felt like that stuff was just weighing me down. And I felt completely powerless yes, in that. Exactly. Um. Yeah. What was it... Raha said something amazing. We were going to call this... We were going to use this as the title of the episode, but we've gone against it. But you said, life is uncertain, period. Oh, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right? Life is uncertain, period. And if you take nothing else away from this episode... (laughs) If you take nothing else away from this episode today, take away the fact that life is uncertain. Life was always uncertain before the pandemic. Exactly. We didn't know what was going to happen the following day. Yes, this has made it even more uncertain and it's even harder to predict what the future is going to be like, but it was still a pre- it was always still a prediction. Yeah. It was a it was a visualization in your brain. Exactly. And exist. then an idea and and a plan or goal that you've really really tightly attached yourself to. Bingo. And we just need to loosen the grip. Yeah, I think on those at least I'm trying to and with planning and expectations you know we were talking about planning yeah before and how you're someone who you like to plan whereas I'm someone yeah. who needs to be guided more intuitively and I'm quite curious to see how other people yeah d- like navigate their time in the pandemic when it comes to planning and stuff are you still planning are you not because I find it really helps yeah I find to it like doesn't. have really v- basic loose plans that I still am flexible with if that Mm. makes sense I still um hold space for all of those things to change because obviously the last year has been crazy so I don't want to hold I don't want to cling too tightly yeah um but it still allows me to work towards something without feeling like I'm just floating through life and just floating by day to day and not Mm. doing anything that means anything to me or makes me feel like I don't have a purpose yeah definitely I love the floating but it's taking yeah the floating life for you is yeah but it's taking me years to get to this point you just work very well under pressure as well yeah so the minute something changes and you have to switch up and do something you can do that very easily and you do it very well I just can't thank you I crumble under the pressure and I'm like but I haven't prepared for this (laughs) do you know what I mean I can't so yeah 
But again, that goes back to practicing trust. Yeah. Trusting yourself. Um, and they're not... All of this, what we're saying, sounds a lot easier said than done. Oh, my these gosh. Are, <laughs> these are ongoing like practices that you literally have to literally incorporate into your life yeah i so mean don't do... think we're like preaching to you because we're we're having oh, a we're working time. on it <laughs> <laughs> we are <laughs> we are it's really hard it's yeah been, this lockdown has really um i think brought things to light that the first lockdown didn't bring yeah. to light and i and i'm i've got more time to contemplate things and you're confronted with more shit well, I'm, do you know what I'm also really glad that we're showing up to this episode um in our fields <laughs> very clearly in our oh, fields of course because <laughs> I think it just goes to show that you know no one's got it figured out no not at all we're all we're all trying to figure this out um but yeah I think uh what I was saying before before you rudely interrupted yeah um <laughs> is that you need to make intentional time to incorporate these practices and exercises into your life so um literally making time to sit and write affirmations and repeating to your, them to yourself forcefully at first unnaturally yeah. you know uh and affirmations it's not, are something i struggle with it's I'm not, not fake lie, it till you it make it though it sounds really strange when you first do it yeah but i also have seen the way that affirmations help people and it makes complete sense when i look into how scientifically the way that they work. it makes yeah. sense doesn't it of course but it, i think like anything else it takes practice definitely if you feel like you're someone who's not quite ready to process this stuff by yourself or to sit with yourself, find a group, find an online group, yeah. which we're going to be setting up, right? We're mm-hmm. going to work on that. Um, where it's it's a safe space where you can explore what meditation really has to offer or just relate to other people um, and their def- difficulties because it's really just about getting to know yourself and your responses. Yeah. And the other thing is that in times like these back to like control and feelings of uncertainty is that everybody is in such uncertain like they feel so uncertain that I think a lot of people feel like they've lost a lot of control over a lot of aspects of their lives yeah and you end up projecting that onto the people that are closest to you so I think it's also really important to make sure that you're communicating your needs the best way that you can um and you're not trying to control the things and the people around, around you. you as a as a substitute for not being able to control anything else exactly. in your life. Oh yeah. my god, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. And um, we've got an episode coming up on communicating, yeah. but uh, a sensitive approach. So, I think we've chewed your ear off enough. Yeah. Um, what's your song of the week? Oh, my song of the week. Um, I've been listening to a playlist on Spotify called Jazz Vibes, mm. um, while I've been painting and I, I love it. Yeah. There's some really, really nice stuff on there. It's just like a really nice thing to have on in the background. What is yours? I've actually been listening to, um, Kid Cudi's new album oh, and yeah. Tequila Shots. Yeah. That's a really good one. Very, very good. Um, I've always loved Kid Cudi because he's very good at processing and like, <laughs> writing down. Making it relevant. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, yeah, I feel like in my early, like when I was like 13, 14 and Man on the Moon 1 came out, that's when um, 
I was just like, oh my God, I do feel like this. I feel like this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The self-awareness starts yeah. to come into play. Yeah. So for that reason, it was very nostalgic and yeah. very enjoyable mm-hmm. at the same time. And kind of like really in your feels. So yeah, <laughs> there we go. Brilliant, brilliant album. Well, thank you all for your time. Thank and you. And we will see you next week. Catch you later. Goodbye. Bye.